Hmm. Thank you, Lord. It's a good dream. It's good. Father, we just thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord, for you, what you've done in our lives and what you're doing in our lives and the lives of others. Lord, we just thank you for the word today. We ask you, Lord, to just let it sink in our heart. We bind the devil and all of his accusers. And, Lord, we ask that the word would fall on good ground today and bring forth fruit for your kingdom. And Father, we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Let's just look in First John here just a little bit. First John chapter 3. You know, we've been getting to see a lot of lives changed, exchanged. Huh? That word change confuses us sometimes. A lot of exchanging going on. But I had a call this week from a guy in Dallas who's at Stephen LeBlanc's church. And he went into the pastor and sat down and said, Pastor, he said, I love God. But he said, do I have to hurt every day of my life for the rest of my life? Do I have to carry all this stuff in my heart for the rest of my life? And he just gave you my number and said, call. So he's coming Thursday. And we got a couple coming tomorrow. You know, it's, it's, it's so good to see the lights come on when they realize they don't have to carry that stuff anymore. It's worth it all. But I want us to look at something. which We've been talking about Valentine. And we got to go down to Plainview Friday night and share with Ron and his church on the heart, and I thought, you know, the Lord just wants us to uh, revisit this. I know uh, Ross said, how long are we going to talk about this stuff? Well, you know how long? till we get it. Huh? You with me? Look in 1 John 3. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on, my, on us, that we should be called what? The sons of God. And we are, one version says. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now, when? Now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope purifies himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever committeth sin transgress also the law, for the sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifest to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Who was manifested to take away our sins? Christ. To take away our sins. Not just, you know, deal with them. Whosoever abideth in him, abideth in God. And whosoever sinneth, hath not seen him, neither know him. And I want you to think of the, two, the old man and the new man. Little children, let no man deceive you. Let no man do what? Deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Now how righteous is that? As righteous as you're going to get. And we are the righteousness of God in him. He that committeth sin is of the devil. So where did sin come from? The devil. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. All right. For I want, uh, Hebrews 10 says, For by one offering he hath perfected forever those that are sanctified. That's us. Say, I'm sanctified. Forever. forever. All right. Whosoever, say, that's me, is born of God doth not commit sin. Uh-oh. Hello. For his seed remains in him that he cannot sin because he's born of God. Now I want to tell you, that part of you that's corruptible, 
That old heart is corruptible, and it'll always be corruptible. It's never going to change. It has to be exchanged. But he that's born of God, born of an incorruptible seed, it cannot sin. Because it's born of God. Now, can a good tree produce bad fruit? Scripture says no. And an evil tree cannot produce what? Good fruit. By their fruits you know the difference. And what he's saying here, he that's born of God now does not practice sin. Okay? In this the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. There's no middle ground. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Neither is he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message you heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Now look at verse 14. We know how we pass from death into life. Why? Because we love the brethren. That's the fruit. He that loveth not his brother abides in death. And whosoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Amen. Amen. You like that? Now I want you to see something. Let's go on over here uh, in chapter 4. Verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is what? Born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. You know, Jeremiah 17, 5 says, Cursed is a man that what? Trust in man that makes flesh his strength, and his heart departs from the Lord. You know, one of the things here at Valentine's, you know, people giving each other all kinds of stuff and saying all kinds of stuff, but I want to tell you something, what the Lord showed me. Unless God gives you an agape heart, you can't love anybody. You may use people, you may say things out of that old heart, but that old heart, it says, Jeremiah 17, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That's your old heart that's born of Adam, that's born of Satan. You're either born of Satan or you're born of God. And that old heart is born of Satan. It's self-centered, it's selfish, it don't know God, and it never will know God. And it's an Eros-type love that the world's trying to, to deal with, but I'm telling you, if you don't receive the love of God, you can never love like God loves. And you know what Jenna was saying a while ago? We send up our love, but I want to tell you, God loved us while we were yet sinners. We love him because he what? First loved us. He loved us when we were sinners so we could receive his love. And the Bible says the Holy Ghost, the love of God is shed abroad in our new hearts by the Holy Ghost he's given us. Now let's look on down. It says, No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected or matured in us. Hereby we know that we dwell in him and he us, because he's given us his spirit. Why? So he could shed the love of God. And we have seen and do testify the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever confess that Jesus is the Son of God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we know and believe the love God has for us. God is what? One word describes God, love. One word describes God's kingdom, it's love. Okay, you got it? All right, let's keep going. He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is what? So are we when? Now. In this present world. Why? Because the love of God. We've been born of the love of God in our hearts. In that new heart. And look what it says. There is no fear in love. Perfect love 
cast out all fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him, verse 19, why? Because he first loved us. See, God is love. I want you to turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 24. I want us to see how, does this, how did this manifest in our lives. Jeremiah chapter 24. Oh, thank you, Lord. It's good. You know, verse 1, it says, The Lord showed me, and behold, two baskets of figs were set before the temple of the Lord. And, uh, well, I don't have time to read it all. It said one, one of the baskets was good and very good, and one of the baskets was bad and very bad. There was good figs and bad figs. Who can decide who's good and bad, huh? There's none righteous, no, not one. That old bad fruit's always going to be bad fruit, isn't it? And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Like the good figs, figs, so I acknowledge them that are carried away captive of Judah, whom I have sent out of the place in the land of the Chaldeans for their good. Now look what he says. And I will set my eyes upon them for good, and I will bring them again to the land. And I will build them and not pull them down. I will plant them and not pluck them up. Is that a good word? I will give them a what? A heart to know me. I will give them. Now what's the word? Give. You can't earn it. You can't change it. I'm going to give you a heart to know me. And that word know is the same word when Adam knew his wife and he, she conceived and had a son. That, know, that word know there is a strong word. I will give you a heart to know me. Now, if he said, I'm going to give you that heart to know me, it's a heart. If God is love, what is his heart? It's a heart of love. See, that new heart that he wants to give us is a heart of love. It's an agape heart. It's a heart after him. And David was a man after what? God's own heart. Why? Because God gave him a heart after him. It was his heart. Now, I want you to see there's many times in the Old Testament, we don't talk about it, but you remember when Solomon says, give me a wise and understanding heart? God said, since you asked for this heart, I'm going to give you everything else. You know why? Because if I give you this new heart and you're going to have my heart, I don't have to worry about anything else because you're not going to enjoy it. If you don't believe it, read Ecclesiastes. He said, I did everything, but my mind still guided me with God's wisdom because he gave him a heart of wisdom to know God's, what's, what's vanity and what's not. And then we see, you remember when Saul was prophesied and, and, and Samuel came to Saul. And Saul prophesied and anointed Samuel, uh, Saul. And what does the scripture say? As soon as Saul turned away from Samuel, God gave him another heart. Now what happened to that heart? He lost that heart. But God gave him another heart. See, God's in the business of giving us another heart. He wants to give us a new heart. Not the old heart. You know, people come all the time, you know, and, and they're, they're just a mess. And, you know, this guy said, get up here as quick as you can. Well, he's coming. You know why? You know why I know something? I know God's going to give this man another heart. You know, in, in Luke 4.18, he says he's come to heal the brokenhearted. You know what that means? The crushed, the beat up, the brokenhearted. And, you know, when Jesus in, in Isaiah 53 says it pleased God to crush his heart. Why did God crush his heart? So he could fix ours. And give us another one. I'm telling you, it's good. And he says, I will give them a heart to know me. 
And I am the Lord, and they will be my people, and I will be their God, and they shall return to me with what? Their whole heart. How much of their heart? Their whole heart. You know, in the, in the book of Malachi, I want you to look at the word here in Malachi. Mm-mm. Boy, this is good. Ooh, Lord. Where to, where to start? Okay. Mm. Chapter 4, verse 1. For behold, the days come that shall burn as an oven, and the proud, yea, even those that do wickedly shall be as stubble. And the days come shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither what? Root nor branch. Now what did, did God say in Isaiah 40? Comfort ye my people. Say to Jerusalem, her warfare is over, her suffering is ended. Be a voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way. Every mountain shall be brought low and the, crooked, and the valley brought up and the crooked made straight. And then when John came preaching, he said, what shall I preach? And we won't get into that this week. But what did John say? Now is what? The axe laid to the root. The root of this whole thing has to be destroyed. It's, it's root. Now the Lord said here, He will burn them up, said the Lord, and shall need them, leave them neither root nor branch. See, we deal with branches all the time, and it doesn't work. We did that in deliverance for years. We cast out devils and dealt with branches. But you know what? A little bit later, the fruit started coming back. The only thing that can change is the axe laid to the root. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. That old stuff is gone and exchanged, and behold, all things have become new. And you have a right to walk in that newness of life. But for you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you go, shall go forth as calves out of the stall. Get the picture. I remember Eric talking about it the other day. It's a calf that's been locked up, and all of a sudden you open the gate, and he springs out and starts running and doing flips. You know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> He's been locked up long enough and he's running out there because he's been free. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the sole of your feet in the day that I do this, saith the Lord. And then he says, Remember the law of Moses your servant, which I commanded him in Orb and Israel for statutes and judgment. Now behold, I will send Elijah the prophet <coughs> before the coming and great day of the Lord. Now Jesus said that was John the Baptist. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. See, this is what God says. I'm going to give you a heart to know me, right? Now, in, in, in Ezekiel 36, he says this, I will give you a new heart and I will give you a new spirit. 36, 26. And I will take away that stony heart and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways. What did God say I'm going to do to you? I'm going to give you a what? A new heart. That's a new soul. And a new spirit. And he says, and I will take that stony heart out of you and I will set it over here. I wish he'd have took the thing as far as the east is and the west. But it's like when Moses turned aside to look at the burning bush. He said, I'm going to turn this old heart over here out of the way. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's always there, but it's out of the way. Okay. And he says, I will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. That word turn there, we looked at in a coffee shop. It's used so many different times. But you remember when, when uh, David said, he restoreth my soul? That's this word restore. And that word restore means to call home again, to fetch home again, to restore back to the original place. 
Now see, if you're not careful, you read that and he's going to turn the hearts of the children to the father. You can't turn that old heart back. It's deceitful and desperately wicked. It always will be. There's only one answer. is a new heart. I'm going to give you a heart to know me. Why? The heart of the father to the children. How much greater a heart of love that he's come to turn his heart to us. And our heart to him. How's he going to do that? He's going to give us a new heart. Lest he smite the earth with a what? Curse. Because why? Cursed is a man that what? Trust in man. It's that old self-centered heart. I has to give us a new heart to get out of this. That's the new covenant. That's this whole thing. That's why he said, I'll give you a brand new heart. And that word, word turn, restore. Psalms 23 and Psalms 50, restore the joy of me of your salvation. You know, in Luke chapter 1, you know, you need to hear this till you just know it's second nature. It's just part of who you are. I am a new creation. That's not who I was. That's who I am. In Luke chapter 1, verse 16, when he is prophesying here, Zacharias was prophesying. And he says here, verse 16, And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. That's that turn. He's going to restore them back to the, the Father. And that's that whole thing that he's turning. And he shall go before him in the spirit of power of Elijah, John the Baptist, and shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. To make ready what? A people prepared for the Lord. You've heard me say this many times, but until I got this revelation of a new heart, I was working real hard trying to clean up this old heart. Because everybody talking about the Lord's fixing to come. I was not looking for his coming. Because I knew my heart wasn't ready for his coming. Has anybody else out there felt that way? But then I realized it wasn't about me. It was about him giving me a new one. And First Peter says, seeing that all these things shall be dissolved and the heavens are going to split. And one of these days I'm going to come back with him to get me. Because we're seated at the right hand of the Father right now with Jesus. Oh, Lord. And he says, seeing that it's going to happen, and when he comes, when he comes, he says, make sure you're found of him in peace without spot or wrinkle. Now, Ross, how are you ever going to be without spot or wrinkle apart from him? It ain't going to happen. But you know right where you sit, you're as righteous as you're ever going to get. You cannot be any more righteous than you are right now. Because he made you righteous. He took all your sin, all your junk, and he made you the righteousness of God. For by one offering, he dealt with sin forever. For how long? Forever. Forever. And the only way sin can ever affect you or me is if we turn and go back to that old heart. And there's nothing but death there. So why do we want to go there? Huh? So for me to be able, like <clears throat> we said earlier, Jeremiah seventeen five, I love Jana. She loves me. But you know why we love each other? It's because I don't expect anything from her and she don't expect anything from me because all our needs have been met in him. The whole world is running around out there looking for somebody to meet their needs. Emotional, physical, sexual, you call it. But I guarantee you every bit of it. The last two men I've talked to, Ask how many, wives, how many women they slept with they didn't even know. They lost count. What were they looking for? Acceptance. 
It ain't there. It ain't there. Because you know what? That void in every one of our hearts happened in Adam when he fell. And the only one that can reestablish that relationship of acceptance is him. Then that frees you to be able to love with agape love. The unconditional love is not based on your performance. And you can't do that out of the old soul. The only way you can do that is to receive that heart. That's why First John says, He that's born of God doesn't sin. He's got God's heart. It says that perfect love casts out all fear. Why? As he is, so are we. Why? Because we have a new heart. We have his heart. It's a heart to know him. It's his heart. It's who we are. So just camp out there and stay there. He says, because you've set your love upon me, therefore will I deliver you. I'll set you on high because you know my name. But what? It's God's initiative to give us one. All the way through the Old Testament. Let me show you another one. It's amazing. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Now that's a good old scripture there, isn't it? All right. It shall come to pass, verse 1, when all these things will come upon you and the blessings and the curses which I have set before you, then thou shalt call them to mind among the nations whether the Lord God has driven you. And you shall return. See, there's that same word again that we just looked at a while ago that means restore and to turn. And the Lord God shall obey his voice according to all that I command you this day and now in your children. And all your heart, uh, he says what? He says, this voice I command you this day, thou and thou children, with all your heart and with all your what? Soul. Look what he says. Then the Lord thy God will turn your captivity and have compassion upon you, and will return and gather you from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. And if, if any time be driven unto the uttermost parts of heaven, from thence the Lord will gather you, and from hence he will fetch you. And the Lord God will bring you to the land which your fathers possessed, and you shall possess it. And he will do you good and multiply thee above all thy fathers. And the Lord God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your seed. What did he say? God's going to circumcise what? What does that mean? He's going to cut away all the flesh. And that part to circumcise is dead. He's going to circumcise your heart. See, that's the new heart. And the heart of your seed. And then what's going to happen when he does that? You're going to love the Lord your God. Oh, Amen. It says, the Lord God will put all these curses upon your enemies. Is that good stuff? Okay. All right. You know, and he goes on down in verse 19, he says, Look, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Here's the old, here's the new. Life and blessing, death and cursings. Which one you choose? See, the thing is, God hadn't changed any. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still set before us the choice to choose life or death. And everything that's in the old man is death. Everything that's in him is life. Huh? And he's given it to us. So he said, just choose life. Now, also in Jeremiah chapter 32, I can't look at all of them, but we're going to look at a few of them. But the point I want you to see today is what? That God has given us a new heart so we can love each other and love him with all of our heart with all of our soul, with all our might and all our strength. Mm-mm. Okay, Jeremiah 32. 
And it's a gift. You can't earn it. Jeremiah 32, 36. And now therefore thus saith the Lord God of Israel concerning this city, wherever you say, it shall be delivered in the hand of Babylon by the sword and famine and pestilence. Now look what he says. Behold, I will gather them out of the country. You remember what we just read a while ago when he said, I'm going to gather you from every place you've been driven. And even it's the furthest part of heaven. You're going to see that in every place he talks about this. He says, I will gather you. How many of you know we didn't choose him? He chose us. How many of you know he drew us? We didn't decide to go to him. Huh? All right. And he says, And I will gather you out of the countries where I have driven you in my anger and my fury and the great wrath, and I will bring them again to this place, and I will cause them to dwell safely. They will be my people, and I will be their God, and I will give them what? One heart and one way, that they may fear me forever for the good of them and their children after them, and I will make a what? Everlasting covenant. And that's what Christ did for us. That's the new covenant right there. The Jews is not going to have a special covenant just for them one day. They're going to come into the same covenant that you and I have. They're going to, the scripture says they're going to look upon him whom they have pierced and weep. I will make an everlasting covenant with them, and I will not turn them away. I will do them good. I will put my fear in their what? In their hearts. I'll write my words in their hearts, and they'll know me. And they shall not depart from me. And I will rejoice over them to do them good. I want you to know something. God's determined to do you good. The devil's determined to do you bad. Which one you choose? To be done good or to be done bad? Choose you this day who you want to be blessed or cursed. It's that simple. If you just walk in that newness of life, prince of this world comes and he has no place in me. Because as he is, so are you, Lee, in this present world. I will rejoice over them to do them good. I will plant them in the land of surety with my whole heart and with my whole soul. Did you know God had a whole heart and a whole soul? A lot of people think God just this big old spirit somewhere floating around. But we're made in his image. God has a heart. God has a soul. God has a body. And we're made in his image, spirit, soul, and body. That's why 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, I pray your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body be preserved blameless until he comes. Because Jesus made us whole, spirit, soul, and body. So we could be like our Father, spirit, soul, and body. With a new heart and a new soul. Is that good? One heart. Oh, look with me in Ezekiel. You don't mind if we just do this today, do you? Ezekiel chapter 11. Ezekiel 11, 119. I will give them one heart. And I will put a new spirit within you. And I will take away that stony heart of flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Why? So that you may walk in my statutes. Keep my ordinances. And do them. And you will be my people. And I will be your God. But as for them whose hearts. Walks after the heart of the detestable things. That's the old one. I will recompense their way upon their own heads. saith the Lord. I will give them what? One heart. What do you say in Hebrews 8 and Hebrews 10? 
This is a covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds. I will write them. They will be my people and I will be their God. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. When, how much? No more. No more. Why? Because he's given us a new heart. He says what sin? Huh? Oh, glory to God. Now, Ephesians chapter 2. Is it all right if I rehearse this in your ears again? You know, this is not bad. You know, Paul said in First, Second Timothy, uh, Second Peter chapter 1, first chapter, he says, as long as I'm in this body, I'm going to stir you up by way of remembrance. Though I've told you this time and time again, I'm going to tell you again before I leave. So don't get bored with me telling you over and over because you've got to hear it. I'm going to keep on telling you. Just keep on keeping on. Okay, Ephesians 2, 1. And you hath he quickened. What does that word mean? Made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's who you were. It's not who you are. Where in times past. Look, times past you walked according to the, the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we had our conversation. Say Had. That's the way we used to think and talk. We had in times past in the lust of the flesh. What? The diseased condition of their old soul. Right, Ross? Ross looked that up one day in the coffee shop and said, you know what that word means? It means the diseased condition of the old soul is where your lust comes from. Of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and in the mind and were by nature. By what? Nature. You were born of a corruptible seed, and saints, that corruptible seed will always be a corruptible seed. It will never change. You must be born of an incorruptible seed, a new heart, a new soul. You got it? Then as newborn babes, you begin to grow and see who you are. Huh? Oh, thank you, Lord. Where did I get to? We're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, say but God, who is rich in his mercy and his great love for with he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, he quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved, and has raised us, say I've been raised, and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ. You've already been seated with Christ in heavenly places. Why is that? Who can tell me? Because if you've been buried with him, you're in him. And if you're in him, wherever he is, there are you also. So you are seated together with him in heavenly places. So when he comes with 10,000 of his saints, we're coming with him to get ourselves. Is that that simple? We're coming back to get ourselves. It's pretty simple. And he says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved, what? Through faith, and that's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. All right, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Now this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth, what's he saying, Ross? From now on, Ross, Walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds, 
having their understanding darkened, been alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their old heart. The old heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's full of deceit. A deceitful above what? All. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? Okay. Who being past feelings have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness, greediness, but you have not so learned Christ. He said, you didn't get this from Christ. If so be, have you been heard of him and been taught by him that the truth is in Christ Jesus that you put off. Say put off. Put off. The former conversation, the old man. What? The old soul. What is he? He is corrupt according to what? Deceitful lust. He's corrupt. He'll always be corrupt. He'll never be anything but corrupt. So what is our job? To put him off. Wrecking him to be dead. What is the purpose of baptism? We've been buried with Christ that the body of sin might be what? Destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is what? Free from sin. And no, well, if we be dead with him, we also believe that we shall Live with him. Being raised from the dead, Christ dies no more. Reckon yourself also to be alive in Christ. It's a matter of reckoning. Take inventory. It's already done. Put off concerning the former comments, the old man which is corrupt, and be renewed. What is that word, renewed? To renovate, to tear out, to renovate your thinking. If you be risen with Christ, set your mind where? On things above. Start thinking different. What is repentance? To think different. Okay? Change the way you think. And it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your what? Your new mind. And that you put on the new man. Who's going to do this? Mike? Have you got to do this? You can. You got, you got to. The way you do it is, I choose not to go there anymore. He's over there all right. But I choose to put him off. And... I choose to put on the new. Which is what? That you put on the new men which after God is created in righteousness and what? True holiness. Righteousness and what? True holiness. That's a good deal, isn't it? Hmm? And we see that Jesus paid for every bit of this for us. In Acts chapter 13... You know, I've got three half-preached messages. Yeah. Isn't that, is that okay? But it's all good. So. Uh, in Acts chapter 20, 13, in, in rehearsing this, in verse 21, it says, Afterward they desired a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Sis, the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of 40 years. And we had removed him. He raised unto him David to be king. To whom he also gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my what? My own heart, which shall faithfully fulfill my will. Of this man's seed hath God, according to the promise, raised up to Israel a Savior, Jesus. A man what? After his heart. So he could give us a what? A heart after God. A new heart. Created in righteousness and true holiness. 
See, we can live there. We don't have to live in that old junk anymore. We just have to receive the new and walk in it. Amen. It's that simple. Nothing hard about it. Oh, my Lord. Hebrews 10. I'll quit with this one. Someday we're going to have a message just preaching half, the rest of half of all the sermons. <laughs> what do you think? Half day. I was thinking that, that prophetic word that uh, Chuck Pierce gave. God said, my people are half past. They're only half passed over. And basically what he's saying is their spirits is passed over, but their souls are still wandering in the wilderness. It's time to be fully, he said, stand in the river until all the, they get all the way across. That's their job, to make sure everybody gets across. Not just spirit, but spirit, soul, and what? Body. Okay. Oh, that's good. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 9, it says, uh, oh boy. Verse 6, 10, 6. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, he had no pleasure. Jesus said, then lo, I come in the volume of a book is written to you, you will, O God. Above, when he said, sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and sacrifice to sin, you would not, neither had pleasure therein, which is offered by the law. Then he said, Lo, I come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. By the which will, he comes to establish the second. By the which will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ. What? Jerry, what is that? Once for all. Your sanctification is past, present, future, and it's done. And he did it. He set you apart for, forever. And what did he say? I'm going to plant you and not pluck you up. Amen. It's over. He's done it. And then he says, Every priest standing daily ministering, offering sacrifices, the same sacrifice can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, and we sat down with him. One sacrifice for sins forever. How does Jesus look at sin anymore? A defeated foe. Because he that sinneth is of the devil. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. It's finished. When he said it's finished, what? Sin had been dealt with once and for all. It's a matter of exchange. Some of you are looking at me a little weird. But we talked about it this morning. Mike Lyons brought this up. He's going to separate the sheep from the goats one of these days, right? Do you know something? A goat can never be a sheep. Did you know a sheep can never be a goat? The old's always going to be a goat. The new's always going to be a sheep. That's simple. A goat's born a goat. A sheep is born a sheep. Boy, this is deep, isn't it? <laughs> A sheep is a sheep. It's not a goat. It's a sheep. That old man's a goat. He'll always be a goat because he's born of a corruptible seed. But we've been born of an incorruptible seed and it says God cannot sin. And he says we cannot sin. Why? Because his seed remains in us. That part that's born of God, what's the word? Cannot. You need to say cannot till you believe it. Whenever you choose to sin, it's not natural. 
You know, Ron Brunson was sitting out there, and this is, he, he'd never heard this on the heart before and, and was talking about it down there. He said, you know, I just got a revelation. He says, that part of me that's born of God can't sin. I said, yeah, yeah. He said, this new heart can't sin, can't sin. No. <laughs> Why? It's incorruptible seed. What isn't it? It says we've been born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God that lives and abides forever. Huh? Just, I mean, if we just believed it and walked in this stuff. Hmm? This man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting his enemies be made his footstool, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Forever. And the Holy Ghost has come to be a witness to that. What? When he has come, he will convict the world or convince the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on him. Of righteousness, because he's gone to the Father and we see him no more. He's trying to, you know what the Holy Ghost is here? He's here to convict the world of their sin, that old nature of its sin. But he's here to convict us of who we are. I think he has a harder time convicting us of who we are than he does convicting the world of their sin. But that's not all. Of judgment, because the prince of this world has already been judged, which is sin. It's a done deal. See, that's what he wants you to hear. He wants to get you straightened out, spirit, soul, and body, so you think right, so you can live right. Amen? Is that good? Okay, that's one page. We'll put this among the other last pages that hadn't been preached. You know, that might be good to preach the last pages of all these messages. <laughs> huh? Part two? Okay. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the revelation of who we are in you. And, Lord, we thank you for the, priv- the privilege that you've given us to see hearts brought back to you. And, Lord, I just thank you. You're raising up an army. Thank you, Lord. To set the captives free. You know when you have the heart of the Father. And I, I'm just going to throw this out. Why is why am I been leading up to all this? Because the Father leaves the 99. And goes find the one that's lost. God's heart is for that one out there. That's been hurt and wounded and beat up. And it's, it's astray. And what they need to hear is. God loves you, and he's got a plan to restore every bit of that junk in your life. It's not about, it's not about having a church full of people that need no, no repentance. It's about a world out there that thinks God's forsaken them. And they've tried hard to get back to God, and they've never been able to get there. And they ain't never going to get there by, their, by that way. But it's got to be by a new and a living way. A new and a living way. And that's the good news. That's why we are called ambassadors of reconciliation, which is what? Exchange. That's who we are. Ministers of exchange. Amen. Father, we thank you for this word. We ask you, Lord, just to bless everyone today. In Jesus' name, amen. My birthday girl.